0: you walk walking through the Louisiana swamps and you suddenly find a 20-pound hairless Sasquatch baby. What do you do? Or you're an American airline pilot and you find yourself in an encounter with an unidentified cylindrical object over New Mexico. What do you do with that? Or what if you have childhood memories of pop culture that now don't line up with What you know now, when you look back at him, they don't line up. What do you do with that? Tonight on Episode 9 of Tales from the Tomb. A wild one tonight. Number nine. Yes.
1: So, um, it's been a wild week. It's been a wild few weeks. Few we've, weeks. uh, we've yeah. had to take a few weeks off. Uh-huh. But, uh, but we hope that we come back strong for you guys. In fact, it's been a while, so there's a, like a lot of stuff we want to talk about that, uh, it's kind of like old news now. Right. Like, uh, some new developments with the Diet Love Pass. Yeah. Where some, some new, um, New hikers went missing, but they found them because they just missed their train. So that's been wrapped up already. Right. And then uh, they, they you know, uh, Smithsonian Magazine said something about uh, being explained by an avalanche. I don't believe that either. Sure, of course. Yeah, sure. It sure. was a Yeti. Yeah, it was,
0: it was totally a Yeti. Yeti. Space, well, Space Yeti. Or
1: it was some sort of like uh, Russian secret experiment. Space Yeti. Well, all right, I'll
0: buy Space yeah. Controlled by aliens. Because, yeah. no Yeti's... And Sasquatches or remote control vehicles yeah, shut up for trolling. aliens.
1: Anyway, so also we've also glossed over all of the <laughs> uh, the new um, obelisks are, that have popped up all over the world. Right. Yeah, that's kind of been you know now it's just people trolling, which is I think is rad. Of course. But weird but rad and yeah. I like it. Rock on, keep doing that. But um, but anyway, we wanted to get with some hopefully some more uh, current news that we've tried to keep up on and there's some really cool stuff that's happening that's kind of like. Flown under the radar. Um, a lot of people were talking about this other big stories, but we want to talk of like some, about some smaller things that uh-huh. maybe kind of like um, went under the radar. And the first one here that we want to talk about tonight is um, something that's literally very close to home. Very close. Not only per our interest in cryptozoology, but also it's uh, right here in Louisiana. Takes place this in Louisiana.
0: Happened. I'd like to know where. I would. My guess would probably be somewhere around Houma.
1: Uh, yeah, or or like uh, uh, maybe Honey Island Just swamp true. area. Yeah, it could be that area. But I, but I was thinking Homa too. I think that's our best, probably our best guess.
0: Right, because it was also where the Rubaru uh, comes from.
1: Yes, but they are kind of like keeping this information under wraps, obviously because um, they don't want this poor woman to be harassed or for people to like uh, all the Bigfoot hunters maybe to go scouting this area yeah, all sw- at once. the
2: area, right?
1: But um. Anyway, uh, there's an Altered Dimensions article that uh, wrote about a lady, a 70-year-old Louisiana woman who came forward uh, claiming that for nearly a decade she had taken care of a baby
0: Bigfoot. That's crazy. That's awesome.
1: No, I mean, Good for it's her. awesome. It's awesome. And there's so much cool stuff about the story that it's, it's uh,
0: you it know. A, it was a tiny baby, 20 pounds. And hairless.
1: I guess it's small for a a Sasquatch baby. Yeah. His hair hadn't grown in yet. No,
0: apparently she discovered this baby Sasquatch in 1964.
1: Yeah, she's just coming forward now.
0: Yeah, she's in her 70s now. So, uh, to quote, he was so little, so cute, I had to do something about it. He was so defenseless, lying next to the mud and water, curled up, crying like a baby. His parents were either dead or or they had abandoned him.
1: Yeah, so there's a... Well, she's 70 now, but she claims that in the 60s she found a 20-pound hairless Bigfoot baby that she cared for for, I believe, eight years.
0: Uh, Yeah, almost a decade. She almost said, a uh, decade. At first, uh, Melissetti is her last name. Melissetti fed the little furry tyke lettuce, tomatoes, eggs, and goat milk. Uh, okay. It says, Bigfoot hunters listen up. His favorite feast was tomatoes, which makes sense because, I mean, if I had to pick two things... I had to live on tomatoes and goat milk would I'd be okay with that.
1: Are you that Sasquatch baby Sean? Uh, it's uh, time for you to uh, come forward I mean, now. Uh, who knows? What is your earliest memories? <laughs> I mean, you're pretty hairy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so
1: I don't know. Uh, who knows? Anyway, um, Sean also was raised in Louisiana swamp on tomatoes and goat cheese. So uh, right, but
0: uh, although the 1964, that doesn't make sense. So
1: no, I well, wasn't. I wasn't able Okay. To, yeah. All right. Well, I guess that debunks that theory. Yeah. Damn it. Anyway, so so yeah, so, um, she says she raises baby, and then um, I guess like uh,
0: by 1974, yeah. the creature had re- reached adulthood, at which time Melissa uh, says her furry buddy. At 10 years old. Right.
1: In Bigfoot years. In
0: 74. Yes. At 10 years old, reached adulthood, and uh, her little furry buddy presented her with an unexpected surprise.
1: Brought another little buddy.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: Another little,
0: another little Friends in the neighborhood. See, that's what kids do. They go and they mingle with other little stinky little kids, and then they bring them home, and then they, they hang out together, and it's... What are you doing?
1: Well, and you have to ask yourself, it's like... How did – okay, so Bigfoots are really hard to find, clearly, because we don't right. have any – we have very little, little proof of Bigfoots. None. So he brought another little Bigfoot home. Right. Like a buddy. So so they must have a way of communicating. Now, a lot of people believe that Bigfoot uh, – a lot of uh, Bigfoot uh, enthusiasts believe that Bigfoot communicate through a series of howls and yipping and whatnot. And some actually, I mean, it's rare, but some believe that they have a psychic connection.
0: Uh, well, yeah. So we don't well, you know. You know my theory on that.
1: Yeah, we know your theory. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but anyway, um, so so how this bigfoot found another little bigfoot baby, we don't know. But he brought a friend home to play with him. So, this lady says, um, and, and but but. She will not reveal no. where this happened. Oh,
0: that's good. I like that. But
1: she does specify the swamp, so I would say that either um, the Homa area is probably the most likely, although a uh, Honey
0: Island, Honey Island swamp, which is nowhere near Homa,
1: or or a yeah,
0: yeah Chafalla is pretty big. I've been out there camping out there, and but it's, but uh, how, it's how many people live? How there? many
1: people live out in the Chaffalaya area though?
0: Uh, that's a good question.
1: Yeah, we'll have to look into that. I it mean, out.
0: it's it's possible.
1: But I would think that uh, home is populated, um, um, yeah. and and then the Honey Island area is very populated. Yeah,
0: my first guess would be the Homa area.
1: I, I think so too. I think which if is I which about
0: had to... uh about an hour south of New Orleans. Yeah,
1: I, I I'm guessing the Homa area too. Mm-hmm. So she might have lived in a, a remote part of, of Homa and raised this baby in secret, um, but. What I have to say about this story and what gives it to me legitimacy, and I always believe—well, I don't always believe firsthand accounts—but it's the it's the attention to detail that I find extremely interesting in this. And that number one, um, specifically, she talks about what she fed the Sasquatch. Right. So normally you would think, okay, they're o- probably omnivores like humans; yeah. they probably eat meat, um, and and uh, vegetation. True. Tomatoes. So, but yeah. however. Uh, tomatoes and cheese where it's its favorite um, of course yeah so uh, I not hang out a, with that guy. well right exactly that's my favorite stuff And eggs so exi- essentially what you and i eat yeah. normally so um that's so that's Tuesday. very interesting to me that that you know the bigfoot actually likes the same stuff we do wow. so not a big meat eater um but does like his dairy and veg- vegetables, so I think that that's really neat, which which kind of, like, makes me think that maybe Bigfoot are more, um, more, maybe passive or docile type creatures, could as be. opposed to maybe, like, more hunter type creatures, yeah. um, and that's not, um,
0: well, left being less aggressive also could make them harder to find, which we've never precisely. really found any definitive precisely. proof, so, you know,
1: and because you know they're uh, uh, you know they're upright um, bipedal hominids, we would think that maybe that they're more aggressive like, like humans are. But that shows to me that maybe they aren't. Maybe they're more docile creatures, more um, more inclined to hide rather than show themselves and be aggressive. Yeah. So so to me, that's the first indication that I can appreciate you that. You know, that, yeah, right. That, that, that they're they're the more the first indication that maybe that they're. Um, that this story has some some definitely some credibility. I I really would love to talk to this Um, lady. The second thing that I think is extremely interesting about this story is that uh, she says that the fact that they they smell bad is bunk. Now, every single Bigfoot researcher that I have ever heard speak or ever heard talk says that the number one characteristic of a Bigfoot is its horrible smell.
0: Sure, but also she lives in a swamp, so... She lives in the swamp.
1: Did you say she's used to bad what, smells? Well, I'm
0: just saying what could smell bad to someone that lives in the city could smell awful. But to someone that lives in the swamp, eh, it's not so bad. It's just kind of, you know, swampy. Musty. Uh,
1: you know, I I don't know, man. Because uh, I, I believe that, like, some of the things it says, it smells like something dead. It smells like something yeah. rotting. So you would think living in the swamp with all that hair and not really cleaning itself... um. Maybe if it did fe- feed on either uh, a, a kill or even dead matter, then maybe it would probably smell worse. But she definitely says that the Bigfoot don't smell. Uh, I
0: mean, maybe. Now, I mean, rats don't really sm- I mean, I'm sure. Have you
1: ever sniffed a Nutra-Rat, Sean?
0: No, but you also, there's not like, you know, there's not a definitive odor
1: now, I will tell you a story. A friend of mine who is an animal rescuer called me late at night and said that she needed to transport a Nutra rat to a rehabilitation site. She had picked it up in the middle of the highway. It because that's sort of thing leg. happens here. It does. She picked it up in the middle of the highway with a broken leg, put it in a box, and uh, we drove it in the middle of the night to a rehab. Now, I will tell you that it did not have a smell. Okay. It was very angry. Yeah.
2: It
1: but little... it did not have a smell. Yeah
2: right.
1: I... So, um I I don't know if there you're you if you're comparing Sasquatch to neutral rat. Now, would you think a Sasquatch fur, which I would believe and we don't have of course don't have any examples of Sasquatch fur as of yet, but would you think that a Sasquatch fur would be coarse or softer? I think it would be coarse, maybe similar to a neutral rat fur.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I mean yeah, neutral rat for anybody that doesn't know what a neutral rat is, the the fur or hair, it's very bristly. It's, yeah. It's like bristles. It's it's sharp and pointy. You know, like uh, I have had Nutri-Rat before on a camping trips, eating it, and you gotta make sure you get all the hair out because otherwise, you know, you get those bristly, almost porcupine-like, but not quite that, you know, that stiff.
1: They remind me of the R-O-U-S's from Princess Bride. Rat rodents of unusual size. Oh, okay.
0: If you say so. They've got
1: big orange teeth, um, bristly yeah. fur. Uh-huh. But but I would think that maybe like a Sasquatch fur.
0: Um, that would I, make sense, yeah. I mean, it also, it also could depend on the area. You know, like a Sasquatch from here could have, you know, Sas, uh, Nutri-Rat type fur. Right, because it but would be water-resistant. Yeah, a Yeti would have, you know... Also would be water-resistant, though. But, but, but a different consistency of the fur.
1: I don't know. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I hope
1: we find out one day. And I would really like to talk to this lady. And if anybody gets to um, have a kind of like uh, a uh, confident... Um, in confidence, interview with her. Um, please don't reveal, you know, her location or where now she. she does, does say but. she
0: has pictures and all kind of stuff like that. She does have proof, but she doesn't want to release that just yet.
1: Now that is kind of shady.
0: It's shady, but also at the same time, you know, it makes sense if, uh, you know, if this is a true story. Which, given her the benefit of the doubt on all this, you know, it makes sense that you know, you open that box. And that's, that's... It's huge. It's, that's you know,
1: it. and in a story like this, like, say that, you know, people believe it has some legitimacy, then you would think also that she would have a little visit by some government authorities that would say, we would like to see those photos. Right. Please. So as a
0: quarter, Melissetti basically declined on producing the physical physical evidence, basically showing she wants to show the world these animals are beautiful creatures, but added that she may release her private journal at some point in the future. Or she may not.
2: Yeah. I, would, I mean,
0: I, look, if this is it's all true, I mean, I can understand that point of view 100% because, you know, if it is true and she's got all this proof, then there's no there's no turning back at that point. No. She's never going to be left alone.
1: No. And and you don't re- certainly don't want people that will, like, hunt these creatures. No. Out.
0: And if you're someone that's been living in a swamp, you know, you don't like other people. You don't no. like crowds. You don't want to be bothered, you know?
1: I, I, I totally understand.
0: So. It's a it's an interesting situation,
1: but anyway, so that's it. we will definitely need to report on that since it's uh since it's not only per our interest with uh, yeah we're going like to follow that and see
0: if there's any uh, more follow ups yeah. on yep, that we because certainly that is will. a very interesting story.
1: But you know, we have uh, a few songs here. Yeah, and and this first song that I have, I really love it a lot. Not only. Uh, Because I think it's a great song. And one of the things that I love and I'm attracted to is um, kind of like singer-songwriter type stuff. That's kind of offbeat. And I I really kind of like that type of music. And this one, um, this song is called... um, is, is called Sasquatch 2 and it's by a band called the Urban Pirates after their Nerdcore album 2013. Um, they're from Kent, Ohio, and they're a nerd inspired punk band who took the name from a traveling group of performers in the Name of the Wind uh, book by Patrick Rothfuss. And now, this is the first book in the uh, King Killer Chronicles, which is a fantasy novel but um, fantasy series. Um, written by uh, Rothfuss. And so they took their name from that group. Now, uh, this band, I don't think, has done anything since, like, 2017. Can't find anything new about them. But I really do like the song a lot. And uh, I like it not only because I like the song, but I also like it because um, they include a lot of terms for... alternate terms for Sasquatch Mm -hmm. that you don't hear a whole lot. Uh, They use uh, terms like grassman, uh, skunk ape which is a lot of um, a lot of terms in the cryptozoology uh, cryptozoology I guess arena that we're um, familiar with so the this band really knows their stuff mm-hmm. so I like them a lot and I think it's uh, I think it's appropriate and it's called Sasquatch 2 yeah, by the time. Urban
3: Pirates just walking by myself just me and no one else walking through of Salt Fork Steak Park Creature came in front of me Yeah, I asked what could it be Is was stay for tall Yeah, hairy with a ferocious call It was a Bigfoot It was a grassman It was a skunk gate Could it be true? It was a Yeti It was a spookum could it also be a Sasquatch too? I quickly snapped a picture of this mysterious figure Of course it came out blurry, because I was in a hurry Also got a chunk of hair, to study at the science fair They couldn't find out what it is It was inconclusive, it was a bigfoot It was a man. It was a skunk cake, could it be true? It was a Yeti. It was a scoopdump. Could it also be a Sasquatch too? It was Bigfoot. It was a grass man. It was a skunk day. Could it be true? It was a Getty. It was a up Could it also be a Sasquatch too?
1: Okay, that was Sasquatch 2 by the Urban Pirates. Um, We're going to put a link in our show notes to where you can buy their album. Uh, Nerdcore, uh, uh, their 2013 Nerdcore album.
0: Yeah, go buy that. Go buy Um, that stuff.
1: So generally, I am the person that puts in extra segments to... Uh, throw Sean off guard and get him to just talk his ass off because I think it's funny. <laughs> but he did it to me tonight. Asshole. No, that's he right. did it to me. He says, um, that's great that you picked a Sasquatch song, but I, too, have a... I, Sasquatch, too, have a, a song mm-hmm. that uh, that I want to play. I, I, I know. I know. So, Sean has we been itching... Yeah. Sean has been itching to play this band since we started, and and I do agree with him, it's one of our favorite bands, um, but I haven't found a way to kind of like shoehorn them in yet, so Sean says, well, it's time, we're going to play them, um, so I yeah, said, okay. we're talking okay. about
0: Baby Sasquatch, so now we're going to play a song from uh, Sasquatch and the Sickabillies. Do you
1: think Baby Sasquatch got sick? How do you treat a Baby Sasquatch? Do you think she gave him like cough medicine? I think he. I mean, she had him for 10 years. Sounds
0: like he cured himself with rock and roll. (laughs) Rock and roll!
1: Um, But anyway, go ahead. Sasquatch and the
0: Sickabillies. This is a wonderful uh, act. You need to go to com and go down that rabbit hole and check out all of his uh, various different projects and uh, personas and whatnot. But Sasquatch and the Sickabillies, I was turned on to originally uh, when you were on tour in New York. Yep. Playing at uh, The Knitting Factory, which is a three level. music club so i don't
1: remember what the year that was long yeah it was time a long ago. time ago
0: so y'all I, y'all weren't playing so i was on the second floor checking out the the rockabilly uh area and uh man this band's head squash and the sick of came out i was like what the fuck is this this is some amazing shit and uh talked to them you know talk to the bass player whatever hung out with them ended up long story short seeing them again in North Carolina
2: mm-hmm.
0: at a heavy rebel weekender mm-hmm. several times. Uh, they actually came down to new Orleans. We got to see them play there. Um,
1: ironically, I played with, uh, on a festival with them in New York city at the knitting factory right. at a goth festival. Yeah, it was goth Then, festival. Right. then a decade later, I played on a bill with That's them right. a, at a, at a, uh, a rockabilly festival with a ska band. So, if you guys can imagine, ten years apart, right. I played the at the Knitting Factory um, at uh, a Knitting Factory, in New York City, on a, a, with a, on a fest, at a goth festival with uh, that uh, Sasquatch of the Sickabillies was also on, and then um, ten years, probably ten years later, I played. In North Carolina at Heavy Rebel Weekend at a festival that Sasquatch and the Sick of was on, except for I was playing bass in a ska band. So, yeah, y'all, if anybody's paying attention, I did goth, and then 10 years later I did ska, and then 10 years later I did horror punk. Right because i don't care no
0: you just do what you do i do what i want no it's kind of like what sasquatch does he does what he wants and you know we've seen a lot of bands we've seen a lot of shows over the years because we're not spring chickens and uh i will say uh, this sasquatch is one of the best to me is epitome of rock and roll
1: yep I agree.
0: I mean. There are none higher. And uh, this track, if you you know, for all you metalheads out there, this track might be an indication of that. You know, Sasquatch, uh, in his younger years, before he lashed on to this, you know, these various particular genres, uh, he was a metalhead. He was a shredder. Total guitar shredder, uh, which totally comes out. You know, into this uh, Sasquatch stuff that he does, and if you go down, you know, check out his website and see the other <clears throat> EPs and stuff that he's released, you can totally see that influence. You know, you know, there's a little bit of Slayer in there going on, a little bit of you know, old Metallica, but it's like rockabilly. You know, yeah. But you know, and, you know, I'm a big fan of Shredders. I love Shredders, and he he totally takes that, you know, takes that vibe and transforms it into. You know the rock and roll, rockabilly type world, and I think it's rare
1: that you find uh, an artist that is so raw and so authentic that it just bleeds through everything they do. Oh my God! Do. Yeah, and this is one of those. This is one of those the, those musicians. Yeah,
0: his live, whether it's just his one man band, which is equally amazing, or his full band, you know, or his little three piece, whatever he's doing, because he does a lot. He did a lot of different things before everything went crazy as far as live shows. Uh, it was all captivating absolutely you know, we've seen just about just about every version of what he does we've seen it whether it's you know through heavy Web weekender through the heyday of you know when he was headlining that you know or the new york shows whatever you know
2: we saw him he, in new orleans too saw him
0: in new orleans he he owns the stage
1: right it's it's one of those rare beautiful things but um let me read a little blurb from uh from his his website here um it says a serious songwriting from years of hardship, road experience, and inner turmoil. Fueled on cold beer and roasted chicken, the way it used to be, but with a new, with a new approach. A relentless touring schedule has cemented Sasquatch as one of the most high gear powerhouse entertainers around. Keeping real music alive and dangerous. Risen from a not so forgotten past, when rock and roll metal, country and blues still meant something, our bloody fingertips will deliver you a mashing pair of broken eardrums. Get ready, the re- revolution hasn't happened yet. Exactly.
0: I, I feel fortunate that we got to witness, you know, before everything went crazy with whatever's going on right now, we got to witness him in his heyday.
1: Life's rough, but we got to cool see some. Cool <laughs> we stuff. got to,
0: we got to see a lot of cool shit and that his 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 act, his his show, his his rock and roll thing that he does is totally up there for me
1: yeah i feel like i've been dragged behind a bus by life but this is one of those moments that these are these moments that make it worthwhile yeah,
0: the mem- memories of those shows are amazing.
1: yeah absolutely so without further ado uh this song is called bed full of flames from uh burning miles of sin and that's his two 2004 album from sasquatch and the sick of um, again, a uh, bed full of frame flames from burning miles of sin. And here we go. And check
0: out his website because he's got, there's a lot of stuff going on with his website. It's, you know, this stuff, it's the, the country and blue stuff. It's the solo stuff. It, check it all out and go buy it all because yep. I, I did.
1: Yep. And here we go. Burning, burning, blah, bed full of flames from burning miles of sin. Um, and we will put a link in the show notes. So here we go. i A bed Full of Flames from Sasquatch and the Sickabillies off their 2004 album, Burning Miles Oh Hell Sin.
0: yeah. One of my favorite artists of all time.
1: Yeah, me too. I Easily. like them a lot. Well, we're going to go to a completely different direction. Sean, you've Sorry. got to turn those text ah, messages it's my off. Text
0: message. Sorry. It's, it's not a predator in my pocket. It's my phone.
1: Uh, okay. Anyway. Anyway, so, um, he's getting, uh, Sean has so many freaking projects going on. He's always got people texting him about something. Yeah.
2: Whatever. So,
1: um, anyway, uh, well, the next thing we have to talk about is totally wacky. Uh, so, um, there is a website called the drive that Mm -hmm. has a section called the war zone. And what they do is they talk about like, kind of like military advancements and strange things going on. And they have, they, they they, like really investigate kind of like, uh. Weapons advancements and stuff like that, and and so so it's kind of like uh, per our interest sometimes to look into that, and and this one is like a really wacky story.
0: Kind of reminds me of the uh, the Langoliers.
1: So uh, explain.
0: Uh, Stephen King's story about an airplane flying through the air and most of the passengers disappear.
1: Okay, but none of the passengers not, it's not disappear. Not exactly what happens. Okay, okay, but, so that's not what happens. You at all. know,
0: it could have been a part. You know, could have been, could have been something that happened in the Langoliers.
1: Okay. But this is not about the language. See, I wanted to catch you off guard. Is, uh, yeah, yeah, See what I did there? This is about American. Okay, it has nothing to do with that. Uh-huh. This is about American Airlines. This is a report um, from the Drive, uh, specifically the War Zone. The
0: Drive.com.
1: Yes, um, and uh, it involves American Airlines Flight 2292. It was flying 36,000 feet over the northeastern corner of New Mexico. Which is standard.
0: 36,000, 37,000 feet. That's standard for... No, normal. I don't know.
1: Whatever. Yeah. On February 21st, 2021. So this is super, super, super new. It just happened. Yes, it just happened. And um, they had some uh, radio traffic where they said, oh, we just passed by this big cylindrical object that went by. It's really fast. Yep. We don't know what it was. Yep. And then everybody was like, oh, no, 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 no. That didn't happen. That's like not a thing.
0: But now it's being investigated by the F- FBI. FBI right
1: um so the incident involved pilots of the airbus a320 being buzzed by an unidentified cylindrical shaped object moving at high speed which resulted in them querying the faa's albuquerque air route traffic control center and i'm going to read you the original original recording
0: that object took a wrong turn at albuquerque (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know what? That didn't even cross my mind, and I'm full of shame and regret now. First it did.
0: Thing that came to
1: mind. Right, exactly. So, okay, so this is the recording that was intercepted. Uh oh. All right, here we go. Do you have any targets up here? We just had something go right over the top of us. I hate to say this, but it looked like a long cylindrical object that almost looked like a cruise missile type thing moving really fast on top of us.
0: Bugs Bunny got this red piece of equipment from Acme.
1: Okay, so you know that dude was shit. they shitting their pants. Yeah, they're like, what, do you hey?" Uh, so like, this is like this missile just went over us,
0: uh-huh. or it something. We don't some know what sort it was of cylindrical object flying really right. fast.
1: And and it, uh, it, originally it was it was kind of like glossed over and kind of like uh, denied because what happened is is there was an, um a master radio interceptor named Steve Douglas who picked it up, and uh, so he started uh, he originally recorded it. And, uh, I believe that they, uh, they tried to get information about it. At first they were like, no, 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 no. But they're like, well, you know, they were like, well, yeah, but we have this recording. And then American Airlines confirmed that yes, that the pilot did believe that he saw something that he could not identify. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. So, um, anyway, so Steve Gutless recorded this and, uh, Hopefully, uh, they're likely to get more information about the for the F-A-I, FAA. Um, so uh, nothing is like super super confirmed yet, but the recording is confirmed. Not only point.
0: did it confirm that the transmission was authentic and that the incident did occur, but it also appears to be under investigation by the, the FBI. F-B-I.
1: So this is like, not like a kind of like a, uh, a, just thing. so, so of course the first thing that happens is, and as we all know, and we have to look into these things as they try to debunk it. All right. So they were like, oh, you know, it, it could have been all kinds of stuff. Um, but, um, they're saying that, you know, no, uh, it, it, there, there's a bunch of reasons why they believe that, uh, it couldn't have been just another plane or something like that that was misidentified.
0: See, what they, if they really want to figure this out, then what they need to do is get Keanu Reeves to go on a flight undercover and figure this out. And then when, once he figures out the whole shebang of what's really going on, he can parachute out of the plane.
1: I, I just want to see uh, Keanu Reeves do anything. I don't right, care. Right,
0: because he's an FBI agent.
1: <laughs> All right, so uh, a pilot reported seeing an object over New Mexico shortly after noon, local time, Sunday, February 21st, 2021, so we know that. Mm-hmm. An FAA air traffic controllers did not see any other object in the area on their radar, sc- radar nope. scopes. So, you know, that no does a... No
0: cylindrical object for you, buddy. A no
1: cylindrical... No cigar-shaped missiles for you. Nope. Um, but we now know, that they said that they now know this was not a case of mistaken identi- identity with another normal aircraft.
0: What else would it be? Mistaken identity?
1: Like, well, well, that's what they're trying to debunk it. They're trying to debunk it now. Hmm. Um, uh, so they said that, I believe that there was, there was a, a bunch of different things that they said. Um, uh, so this uh, this guy, uh, Taylor Rogaway, who wrote the article, um, actually uh, kind of like... Tried to um, ask more questions about this uh, debunker, uh, Mick West, who was like, "Oh, well, you know, it could be other things." But um, he had five—I think five or six—different points of why he thinks it can't be just like another Airbus or something like that. Right. Um. So Mick West, who's on Twitter right now, uh, he works to solve seemingly otherworldly events with real-world answers. But the guy that wrote this article for uh for uh, the War Zone um. Asked him questions back on Twitter, so I, there's nothing I love more than a Twitter Twitter feud. war. Twitter, Twitter wars, war. I love them. That's the only time I scoot over to Twitter is when there's a good war on. Yeah, but he asked him a whole bunch of questions. He goes, uh, he had some thoughts on it. He was very respectful, but he had some thoughts for this debunker, and um, he said he had several thoughts. Number one, it passed eight miles away. Um, uh, so, so that that could have been it. Something that buzzed him that close right. when it was eight miles away. That's pretty close um, when you're
0: flying in the air at thirty-seven thousand feet. Right, 000
1: feet. Uh, and, and evidently, something eight thousand miles away is nothing. Eight unusual. miles away. Yeah, is yeah. that's not unusual. Especially when um, you're flying
0: at three hundred miles an hour.
1: All right, and so number two, he said he talked to a few pilots, and they can't imagine uh, they would mistake a Learjet doing something they see all the time to the point of making that call. So if it was a, if it was a Learjet passing over, uh, they, they don't think it would be anything out of the ordinary. Eight miles away wouldn't be anything out of the ordinary.
0: So he didn't hit the brakes and let them pass right on by?
1: Right. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. So uh, he said number three, it should have shown on the TCAS and ATC would have had it. Uh, and four, the timing was off based on the limited info we have, but that could change. So evidently, um, there was a, I, I believe, a Learjet that passed over, yeah. but it wasn't at the t- same timestamp right. that he made the call. So why would he wait to to make the call if that Learjet had passed by like, like a long time ago? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh yeah, it's like delayed reaction. They wouldn't have done that. Right. And, uh, and, and the finally, he says, why is it an open and shut case? If you know what it is, why are you just saying that, you know, we know what this well, is? Well,
0: not the FBI is involved. It's not an open and no, shut case. No,
1: exactly. That's his biggest point. Not
0: the FBI why is involved. It? We're right. never going to get to the bottom He's of it. He's
1: waiting on the FAA. If it was a Learjet, wouldn't the, uh, they just say it's normal traffic. Right. But they, they haven't know. said that.
0: Because. Because they don't know. No.
1: Because they don't know and it's not an open and shut case. So I
0: bet you the FBI knows, but they ain't saying shit. Right.
1: Right. Right. Um, So, so they just, uh, either it's a massive oversight or, or they don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So,
2: uh,
0: all the above.
1: Okay. So my thing is, if this was a, a, an isolated incident, then you could let it go, you know, it's like, it's an isolated incident, but
0: this kind of thing happens.
1: Okay. But with what we know in the past, with the Navy videos yeah. that were released recently. We talked with, about that. With what the, de, uh, you know, the Department of Defense has been talking about. Uh-huh. With having uh, UAPs.
0: They're slowly getting us ready to they're reveal. S-
1: well, maybe. Maybe they're getting ready to reveal. Or maybe there is a foreign government with craft that we can't explain. Which may be more scary than aliens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So All you right. think it's aliens? That makes more sense. Honestly.
1: Hmm. I, I think there's a fair case for both. Yeah. Somebody's got technology that we can't explain.
0: But nowadays, I mean, it's, it's hard to keep anything secret. I mean, it was hard to keep secret things secret 40, 50 years ago. We figured shit out, and then we copied the technology, and then we did it, you know?
1: Yeah, but... Uh, nowadays,
0: uh, the way technology flies, it's like, you know, a foreign government could create something, and within a matter of hours, we're going to know about it, and then now we're going to be working on it as well.
1: It's yeah, well, just... clearly somebody's got stealth technology we don't know about.
0: Probably, I mean, you know, it's like the, uh, you know, the object, you know, that the 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 Navy tapes that they released, you know, going from, you know, how many thousands of feet down to, you know, two feet above sea level in less than a second, you know. I yeah. Mean, but... That's that's not that's not another that's not another government. That's uh, that's something not of this dimension or world, whatever you want to call it, aliens or whatever they could be. Could be people from this world, but yet from another time stream or another dimension, you know, Speaking of dimensions, we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah,
1: but I do want to specify that uh, the, the Learjet that we talked about, the 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 biggest um, theory is that, uh, and I want to specify about this Learjet, um, is that it passed an angle in front and above flight 2292 during uh, the flight. And they think that that's what it might have been. Um, however, okay, so the reason why this theory, and this is the most legitimate theory, but the reason why they're, they're really looking into this theory is that it occurred nine minutes before the radio call. So if if anybody was confused earlier, uh, that's why uh, the time uh, discrepancy is a big deal. Because why would you wait nine minutes to report a fast-moving missile-type object that buzzed by your plane?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Again... 30, 45 seconds, I get it because you're in shock, you're trying to figure it out. You know, like, ooh, what just happened? I
1: have to crap my pants. Nine
0: nine minutes? Nine minutes. That's a lot of time, especially when you're flying in the air, and you're, you, you know, you're not Right, and the fact
1: that it was eight miles, away. okay, so the Learjet was also eight miles away, right. which also wouldn't have been anything of consequence.
0: No, I mean, we've seen that, being in airplanes, you look down, you see other planes flying. Right, also nothing of
1: consequence. So, so, um, to clarify that a little bit, that is going to be the biggest, uh, theory that you're probably going to hear, that it wasn't, it was a Learjet that passed by, but it was also eight miles away, With which... No wings. <laughs> Well, right. they, I mean, it was fast, so fast, but it was eight miles away and nine minutes prior to when the call was made.
0: Right, that's some so that's some shenanigans.
1: That is shenanigans. So I'm sure that uh, Warzone is uh, on the drive is going to be uh, following this, um, and and they're kind of like a really kind of like interesting, interesting mm-hmm. website. So um, anyway, so we're gonna we're gonna follow up on that too. Meanwhile, probably. the FBI is
0: probably. like, Pff. You know exactly what that was. We were dealing with those things 35 years ago. Yeah. You're uh, just catching uh, them on?
1: Uh, yeah, Whatever. We know, we know what it was. It was a. Uh... It was swamp gas.
0: Right. It was that thing.
1: It was it was a uh, it was a uh, a weather balloon. Yeah.
0: You just go ahead and want to believe all you <laughs> want, buddy, but we're not going to tell you.
1: Yeah, that's swamp gas Passover. over. But anyway, oh. whatever. So, you know, you guys have heard us rant about I know this already. About swamp gas. Um we've either got, you know, foreign governments with like super high tech, or we got aliens. So, you know, take your pick whatever you like.
0: But we have a song about this. We do. Of course we do. Uh, of course that's we do. The main do. gist of all this is we have songs about the silly stuff that we talk about.
1: Yeah. So we're gonna dive right into some really cool horror punk right now. Uh,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: This this band is Taking Over. Uh-huh. Um uh you know, uh we uh we really love Horror Punks USA. They do a really good job over on Facebook, primarily uh, supporting horror punk music and this band uh, is taking over right now and uh-huh. they're really fantastic and they deserve all the accolades they're getting and they are called Dickie Devil and Deviants yeah, de- which is great um, and they have a song, they're out of Pennsylvania
2: uh-huh.
1: and this song is called The Humans Run Run Okay. So uh, this was released on their October sixteenth, twenty twenty EP, "The Undead Wanna Rock and Roll." Wow, that's not even that old.
0: That's just, no, right, uh, it's just
1: pretty uh, recent. No, so so right. So I try to pick as recent as I can, um, and we've got some oldies but goodies going on tonight. But this was this is our new one, um, and uh, the Deviants bre- blend retro rock, Ramones core, horror punk, surf and rockabilly to create the Franken sound they call
2: Core.
0: Hell yeah.
1: And this is a really good rock and roll one. Uh, It's got a little doo-wop and some stuff in there, and I like it a lot. And and honestly, Dickie Devil and the Deviants deserve all the accolades they're getting right now, and I'm really, really happy. Good stuff. Um, And I hope that they give us a lot more new music really, really soon.
0: good, good Good to see a band like that getting some love.
1: Yeah, so I'm sure that that's uh, what those uh, what those pilots were thinking is uh-huh. is uh, if I was in a plane, I would to run, run right now.
0: To run, run, <laughs> down my fucking pants leg. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but anyway, this song is called "To Humans Run, Run" by Dicky Devil and the Deviants. Yep. So- Dicky Devil and the Deviants, with the song the Humans Run Run," um, off of their October Sixteenth, Twenty Twenty EP, "The Undead Wanna Rock and Roll." Good stuff. Yeah, I like them a lot, and like I said, they're taking over. We're gonna put a link to the in the show notes to their EP, so you can please purchase it and yes, support them. Yes, give them
0: some love. Go download their music. Support them.
1: Yes. So uh, we're going to introduce a new segment that we've decided to do um, because it, it comes up constantly in conversation mm-hmm. with us and our friends about um, maybe childhood memories you have that turns out that it they're not accurate. They
0: might be different or slightly off or distorted or completely opposite of what you thought they were.
1: Yeah. And, and so there's two different schools of thought on this. Um, one is um, uh, false memories. Mm-hmm. And there is another school of thought that believes that maybe it is uh, alternate timelines.
0: Alternate timelines, yeah. I I I tend to my my thoughts on it is that it's like it's just distorted memories. You know, uh, memories as a child, memories from when you're a kid tend to fade. They tend to change. They they can get a little fluid. So, you know, something that you've had in your memory and you've gone over and over and over many times in your mind. And then all of a sudden you realize wait, wait a minute what I what I thought I was remembering is not what it was it's completely different
1: right and which it... can be
0: upsetting and jarring and a little you know make you question what what in the world is going on
1: Wow, and this this segment is new, and it's called uh, the Mandela Moment, and we've got music we're gonna cue in right about now in post production <gasps> that Sean wrote.
2: Ooh, Ooh, there it goes. Mandela oh, Moment.
1: Yeah, Mandela Moment. Um, so, if anybody is unfamiliar with uh, the Mandela Effect, it was named after a um, self-identified paranormal consultant named Fiona Broome, Um w- recounted how she had a remember the South African President Nelson Mandela dying in the 1980s in prison Mm -hmm. and his uh, widow having a very impassioned speech about his death. Right. Now, she um, remembers this in great detail. And uh, clearly, you would shrug it off, but the problem is, is that it wasn't a singular incident with her, but it was a shared memory with lots and lots of people. Right. So, um... How does this happen? Then there's two schools of thought to the Mandela effect. One is that it is false memories that are spread through powers of suggestion, and the other is that maybe we are living in alternate timelines or time streams.
0: Right. So who who shared the memory first? Was it did she share the memory? Did that implant it into the public mind? Or was it really a completely different time stream?
1: Well, and even though the event never happened, after she made that suggestion, um, then then that idea of the Mandela Effect was born.
0: Right. Things like that, they will stick.
1: Now, a, a lot of psychiatrists believe that it is a, a collective false memory. Okay. Right. And so... Um, but and on the other hand conspiracy theorists uh, believe that it is a proof of alternative universe as president society
0: now I will say this it seems like uh, a lot of these uh, Mandela effect memories seem to originate from the same time period about round by the 80s the 80s yeah but why only the 80s I don't why, know if it's really why, interesting why are there no memories or events like that Based well, we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna or, get
1: to we're gonna get to that of why oh, people yeah. think that it's an '80s centric yes. phenomenon.
2: Right.
1: So, um, and and so there's a whole bunch of different scientific explanations, um, both on the conspiratorial side and the psychological side. Now, a lot of people think that it's it's honest lying. It's it's group. Um, phenomenon where people actually believe it and 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 nobody is like actually trying to trick anybody it's just uh, it's just one person has
0: a memory or several people have a memory but it's they're slightly similar they're slightly off and then someone talks about that memory and then it will then affect how someone recalls their own memories because once again memories are fluid especially when you you're talking memories from 40 years ago Memories tend to get a little bit fluid, a little bit of change, and maybe things aren't what they seem, or maybe they are.
1: Right. So, um, it's like a, it's like the, a lot of people use the telephone game. Yes. So you whisper something in somebody's ear, and it gets a little confused. And you whisper to yeah. the next person, it gets a little confused. The next person gets a little confused. Uh-huh. So Not again, it's me, like yeah. this concept of honest lying, where you really believe that's what happened. So it's the power of suggestion, or. Or leading questions, and so you have to ask yourself: Do we get that in the press too? Of course. Where people, have, of course, we do. With well, leading questions. So, uh, if you ask somebody, um, uh, didn't Nelson Mandela die in prison?
0: Right.
1: Or um, Nelson died. Mandela died in prison, right? Yeah.
0: We'd be we, like, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we used to play the game at grade school where yeah. someone would pass and you know, give a password in somebody's ear and uh by the time you got to the end of the class it was a completely different password or right. something was completely off about it from where it, where it originally started because that's just human nature
1: now of course uh conspiracy theorists believe that uh, yeah. you know it, it it is proof of an alternate universe uh-huh.
0: that's a that's a theory it's a very interesting theory i don't i don't necessarily agree that it's proof but, well, uh, and here's it, the thing it is a too, very interesting is
1: theory. that, uh, the, uh, the Mandela examples, um, are the memories that I have, however, the, uh, actual, or our timeline, I suppose you say memories are what you remember, because, um, you seem to have more accurate memories of what we, what is truth in this timeline. Right. Or
0: what well, is truth? I'm just a little, I don't know. Uh, Anal? Anal? you're a Anal's one word so uh Anal's one word so for example uh if i were to ask you what color is c3po what would your answer be
1: well i, I know the answer to this now because i've researched this topic sure. but, but, what, but, okay, but before, before tonight, two weeks before, ago two weeks what, ago what what i would
0: say
1: he's gold okay he's 100% gold
0: okay so then, i and you know
1: how many times i've seen those movies uh, right. Like 10,000. Sure. From when I was a small child. Right.
0: We're talking about the original trilogy of Star Wars, by the way. Uh, so I have a distinct memory of a friend of mine as a kid, third grade or so. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. 1984 or so, right after uh, Jedi came out, which was a big freaking deal. Um, he had a lot of the Star Wars toys. I didn't have any, but he, he had a lot of them. I remember his uh, C-3PO, his C-3PO, it, it had a silver leg. I'm like, what's up with that? He's like, what do you mean, what's up with that?
2: Hey,
0: he has got a silver leg. Didn't you see the movies? Like, well, of course I saw the movies. What are you talking about? Oh, go watch the movies again, asshole. Which well, you can't watch the movies again because it's 1984. So you had to wait for it to come on HBO or get a VHS tape at some point. But anyway, um, yeah, it's got a silver leg. But you don't really see that in the movies all that often but maybe what, I don't know once twice maybe if I had to guess I don't know
1: man I, I gotta tell you it's like I I, I just I, the whole collective psychology idea is great and like I to, I totally do believe that I believe in and like heard thoughts and stuff like that however um how could you be in a vacuum of your own childhood like you ran into the kid with the silver leg C three PO. Right, so he was a friend you, of mine. He had the toys. So you have that memory. So
0: I have that memory. I'm right, like, and, it, and remember, I'm like, why is his leg silver? And it's like, um, go it back, go sober. back and watch the okay. movie.
1: Well, you know, but my my memories right. are dissimilar to yours. Yes. They're different. Yes. So are my memories inaccurate? Or do I have different memories? I
0: think your memories are completely accurate, but they just come from a different point of view.
1: Well, okay. So there's other there's other theories though. So now that we've talked about the psychology of people that believe that it is um, kind of like a mass false memory, yeah. There's also other theories.
0: I mean, had I not had this friend who had all these Star Wars stories. I would know because I didn't have Star Wars stories I didn't in a Star Wars stories. In a
1: different timeline for me before we skip time streams
0: <laughs> Exactly
1: Whatever I'm glad I met you that's great but I'm all. Just say, I'm just, However I'm just
0: saying had I, had had my friend not had these toys or had I not known this friend I would know nothing about the Silver Lake 3 3P- C3PO so then, therefore, my memories would be similar to All yours. Right. well,
1: we want to move on to the truth now, yes. okay? So a lot of people, you can't handle a lot of scientists and psychologists think that, you know, it's collective false memories, uh-huh. but, but, um, uh, uh, uh there, this is from Forbes magazine, uh, enthusiasts, um, call evidence of the effects residue as if there was a timeline that has since been erased and we have only able to see the residual hints of what was. Okay all right so that could be an explanation sure sure okay um and another popular theory uh, is is cern and you know i love talking about cern okay so uh... the european research center uh caused a splinter in time and space when it fired up the large hadron collider in 2008 and started flinging atoms at other atoms to discover the roots of the universe yeah
0: okay and this, it also this, this, says, is a, this is a popular theory among people that we know. And that's fine.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, and, and then, of course, uh, Forbes says there's no evidence to support this theory. Uh, I don't care, Forbes. Because I well, think Well, how
0: would there be evidence? If <laughs> it the, did happen, they would it would cover be evidence... Well, no. If it did happen, there would not be evidence because we were in a, complete, we are in a completely different time stream. Right. So... There's no way, there's no way of proving or disproving that freaking theory, which is genius. <laughs> you know? Can't prove it or disprove it because if it happened, we are in a completely different timeline. Therefore, you would not know anything before.
1: Okay, so this is a direct quote from Forbes. Mm-hmm. It says, some believers think there is an endless universe that's closely aligned with ours, and we shift in and out of them. String theory. Yes, our timeline is in a constant state of flux. Some say the Mandela Effect is evidence we're now in the dankest timeline. Some say the worst.
0: So, uh, I think it
1: could get danker uh, than this. Uh, I think yeah. it's dank. I think so, it's dank, but I think yeah. it's danker. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. My my opinion on this has changed, especially over the past twelve months. I totally think that's totally possible.
1: Um, a lot of people think that. uh... We're in a computer simulation.
0: Uh, that's a that's an interesting theory you know i've talked about this on the show before you know when i was a kid we, you know used to think that uh it was, a f- it was a fever dream or something thinking that all of this that we're experiencing has happened before but it's being watched on a television screen
1: Oh, time uh, is a flat circle
0: yeah, right well if you're to believe uh, that you know, was it, for episode one or two i should talk about that so yeah that, 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 that's a theory i've had as a little kid that you know what if all this has happened before and we're just we're just, uh, it's kind of like the Truman Show, you know, something like that along those lines where it's just being replayed. But, but that's a dream you had as a child. Fever dream, yes. It was Maybe. I was very sick. I have very vivid memories of that. But yeah, very sick, very ill. Living um, mean, in Baton Rouge at the time. I remember the, the apartment complex. That's when I uh, became friends with my buddy. With the, all the Star Wars toys, you know. So,
1: yeah, who knows? All right, so we know that human memory is imperfect. We know uh-huh. that, of
0: course, um, very fluid.
1: But, but can we talk about what some physicists think? What do they think? oh uh-huh. okay. So, an article from Big Think. This is where we're going to get into the other scientists. So, we talked to the psychologists already. Um, so let's t- let's let's talk about what some maybe some physicists think uh, okay. about this. Um, so, it sounds outlandish.
0: But uh, All of this sounds outlandish.
1: Okay. But, Michio Kaku, uh, the noted theoretical physicist and co-founder of String Theory,
0: uh-huh.
1: added some fuel to the fire. And can I say that I love Michio Kaku? I do too. Because he's I, I love... he a very he's, delicate approach. He things. is a, a physicist, but he's also a fantasist. Yes. And, um, you know, he I, I love that his impish kind of like um, throwing into the cards that... Uh, anything is possible because, oh, right. because anything within science, it's is... a very
0: art bell approach. Oh, I love it. Whereas him. like art bell, was, you know, it's never, was, was never negative. It's all, you know, there's a possibility and everything. That's I
1: mean, he's us. the one that's like, Oh, you know, you know, uh, you know, we can't debunk UFOs until they prove they're not real. Exactly. So, um, he, he's, he's a really fascinating and wonderful and delightful human being. Um, but he did a uh, he did an interview with Big Think, um, that the parallel universe explanation is not without merit. Uh, he acknowledged that for the most pa- cases of deja vu, the explanation could just be that we entered a space that looks like some place which simply elicit fragments of memories we have stored in our brain. Get
0: the fuck out
1: of here. Yeah. Um, but in other situations, Kaku, who believes in multiverses, thinks we may be tuning in and out of parallel dimensions. He uses an analogy from the Nobel Prize winning physicist Steve Weinberg, who explained how multiverses work by comparing them to a radio station. That actually
0: makes makes sense. Okay. Uh, I, I could totally get into that theory. That totally makes sense to me personally.
1: Alright, so here we have a quote from Kaku. He says, Think of radio. If you're inside your living room listening to BBC radio, that radio is tuned to one frequency. But in your living room, there are all frequencies. Uh-huh. Radio Cuba... Radio Moscow, the top 40 stations, all these radio frequencies are vibrating inside your living room, but your radio is only tuned to one frequency. It's
0: not just radio frequencies, but I mean, we can't see them, but you know, we constantly have all these radio waves, microwaves, all these, especially now with all the technology and the Fi's and the, you know, everything that's going on there, we're being bombarded with all these various waves of information. We can't see them with our spectrum of vision, but they are there.
1: Okay. So, that's really interesting because the next quote I have from Kaku from the Big Think uh, interview said, um, uh, he said that humans are vibrating waves, and sometimes we can vibrate in-universe with these other universes, Uh and at other times, we can't. The theory may explain why our unusual experiences categorized under the Mandela Effect and Deja Vu tend to come and go. Um... Another more prosaic connection between the Mandela effect and déjà vu could be that, of course, that we may just be cognitive anomalies, memory quirks, or false memories that we shouldn't pay that much attention to. But for millions of people who experience these quirks, a satisfying explanation is out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I love that Kaku says, "Eh, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility." But but I want you to think about this. Yes. So so I. He has <laughs> a very
0: wonderful way of. Uh... Responding to things like
1: that. Yeah, and, and I love oh, I, that. I
0: wish I had that ability for... More people
1: should have the ability, more. Right. Well, and and I do think that people believe things for a reason. And I'll say this over and over and over again that um, I try to be respectful of belief systems because there's reasons why people believe things. Yes. And um, I.
0: Wrong, wrong, right, incorrect, correct, maybe slightly correct, maybe slightly off. Is it? And
1: even if if it's the way that we process information, even if it's the way that we cope with what we have around us, because let's be really freaking honest. The world is a hard place to process. And we
0: all, we all have our own point of view on the world. We all live it in our own personal way. So we digest that information, we process that information in our own way.
1: And we have to, we have to be able to metabolize what we what we take in, and be able to go on and put our pants on every day yes. and move along. So and not some people. Down the legs. <laughs> right, <laughs> when you see a when giant you're flying missile flying <laughs> the plane in the air at
0: thirty-seven thousand feet.
1: Right, so so I I believe that uh, that wonder and the quest is a very beautiful thing, and so I, I appreciate Kaku, who is a physicist, yes, and a, a very noteworthy one. Is also has he's a very
0: smart person, but he also comes across as a very spiritual person too.
1: He's got a he's got a winking love yes. for wonder still, and I believe that you can. uh you could believe in science and magic at the same time because let's be honest, what we don't know is magic. At to one me. point in
0: time what we know now as science was considered magic. That's right. So And
1: I believe that in the future that'll be the same they, exactly And people think what are those primitive people back in twenty twenty one thought?
0: Right. Right. Look at what these silly geese were thinking. Yeah. They thought silly C three PO's was Lego Silver. <laughs> There is no silver. It
1: was neon pink, and exactly. everybody knows it, right? So, exactly. But anyway, so this is our new segment, uh, The Mandela Moment. We're going to go over different... Um there's a lot memory. of them. There's a bunch.
0: There's a lot of. Them. And and
1: and see what you guys remember and what we remember, and you can always write into us and say, you know, that's not what I remember. But you um, guys are
0: stupid. That's not the way it was at all.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. That's fine too. And we'll have a lot. People have had a lot of fun with the Mandela Universe too in uh-huh. recent years, and we'll talk about some of those examples too, where people have kind of leaned into it. But um, we do have an outro song. We do. And and let me tell you, this artist is one of my. One of my favorites, um, I, I guess, I, I don't know why I haven't tuned into this artist before, but now I have bought t-shirts and all the albums, and I love everything. Yes. And um, his name is Nim Vind. Oh, yeah. And um, this song is called Hadron Collider off of The Stillness Illness, his 2009 album. Now, uh, Nim Vind is also, I'll, a lot of times categorized as a horror punk musician. However, uh, I think
0: that, uh, you know... We can certainly appreciate what's going on there.
1: Oh my gosh. yeah. um,
0: There's definitely a lot of love going on there.
1: He describes his music as music for outsiders. Okay. And, And I love that. And even though it's like you know, he's got different um, topics from, like, horror and sci-fi and stuff like that. Uh, it, there's a lot of stuff going on metaphorically um, that I really appreciate. The lyrics are very beautiful. The songs are very beautiful. Um, and I'm, I'm a great big fan. Like I said, I've gone out and bought everything now. Um, and uh, from his Wikip- the Wikipedia on Nimvind, it says, His music has no specific genre, but is sometimes referred to as horror punk. Um, and Nimvind has been... Compared to the misfit Social Distortion, and bullbeat and the Press, um,
0: that's a good combination. Yeah, right there.
1: he also uh, mentions David a major influence, and I get a lot of Bowie vibes off uh-huh. of off of this. Uh-huh. Um, and and I, I was curious <coughs> about his name too. And uh, I did look up the Wikipedia, and it says uh, Nimvend is a made-up name out of a combination of sounds and symbols. Specifically, is thought of as a character's name. A definition of Nimvend is freedom by insanity. NIM borrows symbolism for the acronym for the National Institute of Mental Health. Vind borrows symbolism for the words vindication.
2: I like it.
1: Uh, Right? It totally sounds like Uh, an anime character. uh, Representing justification against denial or censure. The strange name is meant to sound alien or somewhat extraterrestrial, representing being outside the norm. Another definition is animal vindication. Now you nailed it yeah um so I you know I, I just love everything about this artist uh, like I said the the songs are beautiful um they're they're just multifaceted uh you know I, I just I can't say enough good stuff so please we're gonna put a link to his website that you can go order everything directly. Go check it
0: out go order his stuff We just got a bunch of stuff in the mail that we ordered from stickers and shirts and all kind of fun stuff like that and, uh, it's really well worth it definitely.
1: Right, we and and um, like I said, even though um, this is off of an older album, there is a brand new EP that he's got out on. on I think only available on his website, and I like that.
0: Uh, I yeah, I kind of like that.
1: Yeah, like it's that. um, it's got a three song quarantine EP for one cent. Now wait till you hear to the tracks on this thing. It's uh the COVID nineteen price, and these are the tracks. Hold on to your freaking pants. I'm holding. All right. Folsom City Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash oh okay. Oh my god yes. Starman by David Bowie nice. and Renegades of the End Times which is an original track um yeah, that's,
0: that's that's impressive that's that's amazing
1: yeah so I I just went in uh and, and ordered all that yeah, stuff
0: of course we did
1: again yeah um so please 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 check it out and uh again this has been episode nine of Tales from the Channel we're gonna nine. be number nine, nine. We're going to be back with uh, number 10 soon. If you guys want us to cover anything, please let us know if you hear about any stories that you want us to talk about Um, or follow up on anything. Please let us know if you hear anything because, like I said, we're following all this stuff very closely. Uh, We love the fantastical. We love the magic and the ordinary world. Um, And I think that uh, there's a lot of magic and science. There's a lot of exciting things happening this year through tragedy and we want to hear y'all's input on it.
0: We love the mystery wrapped inside of Enigma. Wrapped around a riddle.
1: And Nicholas Cage.
0: Right. Strike
1: Yeah. So anyway, uh, without further ado, this song is called Hadron Collider by Nim from the Stillness Illness 2009. Check out the link in the show notes and we will see you guys next time.
0: Goodbye.
4: A Hadron Collider is made I live fast way